Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Light the fight, family. We are back. I is David. Hey, everybody. I'm Heidi. And for those of you new to Light the Fight, we're going to be talking about bedazzling books and t-shirts <laughs> and crafting. You know, it's Halloween, and so I'm getting a little of that Halloween yeah. um, flack from David. <laughs> but we're going to be bedazzling your relationships. There you go. There you go. So we're going to add like a little it. sparkle to it. Maybe put some... Uh, Make it special. Yeah. Put like, a, put like a light behind it and have some cool texture to it. <laughs> Spend some extra time. Yeah. But seriously, welcome to Light the Fight. And um, we are back at it with another full-length episode. And today we uh, picked a topic that was something, that, like all of our topics here on Light the Fight, um, come from personal experiences with uh, Heidi, myself, or just conversations and experiences of people in our surrounding life, could be family, friends, that bring up to us. And whenever we see a common conversation come up a lot, we're like, hey, we should talk about this. And this is something, today we're going to talk about something that I've had a great deal of success with conversations with people I've helped throughout the years. So um, This topic has been on deck for several weeks. Yeah, and, yeah. We, we, and been... I keep kind of <laughs> thinking, you know, when David suggests a topic, then I like to trump it. It's, but today I, I have really been excited. Well, don't think Heidi's a bully. I, I allow her to, <laughs> to do that. I'm like, Hey, I want to talk with this. She's like, that sounds great. But I got this other one's even better. And then I'm always like, okay, we'll, we'll go with yours first. No, it's just because I'm super needy and you are in nature, by nature, a therapist. You like to help. <laughs> I'm definitely agreeably passive. <laughs> No, this this is an important topic, and I am, I've been actually excited all week, ready to hear what you have to say because this is something I think that everybody can relate to. It's something that that exists in every relationship. Yeah, and it's it's family. It's a family issue. It's in with our friends. It's in our workplace. Um, everybody deals with this and it and it can be fun and it can also cause a lot of pain so what is it starts well, with it. actually we're, we're, <laughs> we're gonna make you wait a second longer because as you're talking i want to mention something so last week heidi and i were fortunate enough to go up to morgan the city of morgan here in uh i guess it's considered northern utah right for sure i mean it, well, Salt Lake. it was a bit of a jaunt a bit of a drive for us i just wanted to go i to wish Lagoon. i had a tesla because then I could just close my eyes and just wake up and we'd be there, you know? Every time I drive, and every time I drive by Lagoon, I just want to like go to Lagoon. Yeah. I'm a Lagoon yeah. lover. Yeah. So if I'm going to drive clear out out that way, then I got to at least go on Colossus or something, but we didn't. So so before we get into the actual topic, I want to give a big shout out to all the great people, Morgan, that came out to the event. Yeah, it was so great. So thankful. 
And a huge uh, shout out to our community sponsor, 1-800-CONTACTS, for allowing us to um, have the the ability to, to do this podcast and for working with us. And um, just like uh, all of our upcoming events, you know, 1-800-CONTACTS has been our greatest supporter and are definitely wanting us to get out there in the community and talk to more families and more people about the stuff that we talk about here in Light the Fight. But I wanted to bring, to help segue into the conversation today, when we're in Morgan, Heidi, um, there's one question that came in um, from a lady. And the reason why I'm saying question, because it wasn't really, I don't think, the question that she asked but the way that she asked it, I well, wanted... just so everybody knows that David always loves to analyze a question, and he <laughs> always, you know, he he has a way of like when we ask the question, he's always like, "But that's not really your question, right?" And then you're like, "Questioning your question," and so he, here we go, here we go. Well, I the reason why I want to bring it up is because I loved that this lady said this. I I loved it too because she was just like putting it out there. And so what we're talking about today, so let me uh, kind of set this up a little bit. So what we're talking about today in our podcast is going to be about the potential dangers of sarcasm. And um, that's not what this woman was talking about. But um, what had happened in in, uh, in our talking up in Morgan, uh, I, we were doing questions and answers after we got done talking. And we got a lot of normal questions. People would say, okay, so in this scenario, how would I respond to my teenager? How would I use statements to get my point across, but not try to control the situation, let them figure it out for themselves, but then give them support. So we had a lot of typical questions. But this one woman sitting in the front row, she raised her hand and she said, you know, I have a question for you. She said, don't you think, it wasn't really a question, don't you think all this stuff is just a little too foofy? Don't you think this is like, you know, oh, it sounds all great, this and that, but aren't we enabling these kids? These kids kind of have like this easy life and Everything she goes, everything that you're saying sounds a whole lot like, let's just walk on eggshells around them, give them whatever they want. And she was trying to be as respectful as possible without being mean, because obviously she, she was there. But I did say, if you have, I, I told people, if you have any questions in the information we're giving, you're not buying what I'm selling, it doesn't make sense, or you feel that your experience says that this wouldn't work, please let me know, because I love healthy let's discussion. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about it, it. right? And so she just said, hey, listen, she was seemed a little agitated. She said, I just don't think that this is realistic. Like, we're just supposed to paint this soft, cuddly, you know, cotton candy world for them. And how's that going to work? And, you know, I had to be totally honest with her. And because and, she said, this is what it sounds like. Like, it's just a bunch of poofy, soft, cuddly stuff. And I said, well, you're right. It is. And you're totally right. Like, so... If you're listening to our podcast, just like I told this woman, and this sounds like, oh, great. Now we got to bend over backwards so our kids and our family members can live a safe, comfortable life, but we have to take one for the team. And we're always- Nobody gets their feelings hurt. Yeah, nobody gets their feelings hurt. It has to be a safe space and all these things that I can see a lot of people get irritated with, specifically on social media, because they feel like we're babying and we're coddling our youth. So I said, you're right. That's what it does sound like. And- I simply asked her permission to ask her a question. Now, mind you, this woman's sitting in the front row. She's there, obviously, out of her own free time. Her and her husband were, you know, participating. So I could tell it wasn't like they were there just to, like, try to criticize us. She wasn't a heckler. Definitely wasn't a heckler. (laughs) And so she just, I just simply said, why are you here? Had nothing better to do tonight, just in the neighborhood. 
And she was like, no, I'm struggling with some kids at home. Some very, very, she made it, she made it very clear without giving details. There's some really serious struggles that she's dealing with her life. And she was, I took it, maybe she didn't mean it this way. I took it that she's tired. She's, she doesn't know how to handle the situation. She's frustrated and she's exhausted. And I kind of got that sense from her that she felt beat down and just kind of like up against the wall and didn't feel like there's any real options. And so after we talked, I just simply stated to her, hey, listen, you're right. It is a soft, cuddly, nerfed world that we're doing for <laughs> our kids here. Everything's padded. But if we look at it very realistically, this is what we're up against. Sometimes we try to make sense of just the way things are. It's good to try to make sense of it, but it can be faulty. And from my experience to try to sit and make sense of it too long, because you can build resentment, anger, that things weren't like the good old days where we just got beat and told to shut up and kids just followed in line and everything worked fine. Now, granted, I'm being sarcastic because I don't think those were the good old days, but I think sometimes we glorify our hardships and those hard times, and that's not bad. But in today's world, we're going to have to do a little bit different. I think it's up to us, you know, as we talk about here all the time and light the fight and Heidi always talks about that we're going to have to go first. We're going to have to model for, for kids. And so our topic today really follows that type of philosophy and psychology that if we can set a standard in our own homes, in our own relationships, we may have set bad examples for a very long time. And I'm assuming you know, I could be wrong, but I'm assuming that this woman might have been irritated or triggered by some of the things I've said, because some of the things I said not to do were things she probably did. And I can assume that because a lot of people, when I said things that they shouldn't do or don't have good outcomes with communicating with their teenagers, and I said that a lot of people put their head down like, oh yeah, guilty as charged. And so people were realizing the error of their ways, not that their intentions were bad, but they simply went down a course or path that maybe their parents did. And in today's world, you can't parent the way your parents did and expect a good outcome. Us in our, if you're, you know, 30, 40, 50 years old, you can kind of deal with your parents because you're used to it. Your family, your friends all grew up being parented in similar ways. But kids nowadays, they can't relate to the old school parenting where you just, kids need to be seen and not heard. You need to get to work, do your thing and just grin and bear it. Nowadays, kids, they, they don't really subscribe to that magazine anymore. Like, I don't think kids look at magazines, period. And so this topic about sarcasm, and I'll switch it back over to Heidi, is really important to take this into consideration before you hear what we're saying. We are sharing with you some things that seem to be very dangerous in normal parenting. And we have found that if not careful, we can do and use sarcasm in a way that's very disruptive, disruptive to the trust in the relationships with our kids trusting us. And we could also be modeling for our kids a lot of bad habits. So Heidi, why don't you uh, kind of lead us into how sarcasm in families can seem innocent, but sometimes be very not innocent at all. Well, like, you know, I was saying, like I was saying earlier, I think that sarcasm lives and breathes in every relationship. And in, in fact, I find myself using sarcasm. Um, and sometimes it's, for me, I'm more of a self-deprecating, sarcastic person. Um, Good icebreakers to make fun of yourself and well, a group of people, you know, just kind of. Well, and it just, I feel like there is a safety in sarcasm sometimes because people laugh 
that takes down the walls. People love to be funny. People love to get a laugh in any circumstance. Um, but I'll, you know, I'll so never... sarcasm can be a great relief, can ease the tension, and can be a great tool to kind of break the ice in a lot of scenarios. Well, and that's not what I'm saying. So it works it, for a lot of people. It lives in a lot of these places. It it doesn't it doesn't always have to be a horrible thing. I think that that's why we have to kind of look at this, and that's why we're having this kind of a a real episode on it because we we have to kind of really dissect it, but. When I first learned about sarcasm, um, I mean, learned about the other side of sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, when I learned about what it was, I think it was even f- my dad was. We we would watch TV shows at night. It was kind of when, um, kind of after the Dukes of Hazard era, when shows started having like canned laughter sitcoms. I'm sorry, just right when you said Dukes of Hazard, I, I thought of. Just some good old boys. <laughs> right? They're mean and no right? harm. So I, I just remember like there was, that was my earliest memories of TV is Dukes of Hazard. And if I was babysitting on a Friday night because I was the oldest, then Dallas came on after and I got to stay <laughs> up and watch Dallas. And then if my parents were really late, it was not slanting. Brandon's looking at me like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But See, for me, it was happy days. Okay. So you're even... That, <laughs> One o'clock, two o'clock, that's three right. o'clock. And, right. and I guess I can remember that too. Anyway... Then we kind of went into the sitcom stage and all the TV at night was sitcoms and, and they had either canned laughter or audience, maybe a Cheers, live audience. Cheers, Married with Children. Laughing. Yeah. And my dad would explain to us that we were basing our behavior as siblings on what we were seeing in the sitcom. We were treating each other with this sarcastic, cutting remarks that were designed to get laughed from an audience. And he's like, there's no audience here, you guys. Knock it off. You know, who are you trying to make laugh? What are you trying to do here? And it was like family home evening or, you know, it was like some one of those me- one of those times where my dad had sat us all down. He was sick of us being mean to each other. And he actually had, okay, this is back in the day of the VCR, but I remember him having clips from sitcoms of siblings ripping on each other and saying things at at their own, at the siblings' expense. And he was saying, you know, this is what you guys are doing. Do you see this? Do you notice this? And there's no audience here. You can knock off. You can cut the act. You can stop acting, behaving this way. And I was like, what act? You know, like it wasn't really computing for me. It was more of I was watching that. I was seeing it, you know, when you're inside your own family, your culture, you know, and I was the oldest. So I was the one setting the culture in my family. And I was learning the culture from watching sitcoms and learning that that's, that's what you did. You said mean things, you know? Um, anyway, I, I bring that up because it really stuck with me. And I started noticing how movies and TV shows really kind of magnify this sarcastic behavior that I think that we model off of. And now, even taking that one step further, the sarcasm that we see that gets the laughs on Twitter, that gets all the all the retweets and all the likes and all those remarks, that's what the the behavior is. I mean, for a long time, and actually we still sometimes do it in my family, we even talked like 
like an Instagram post or like a social media post and we would say things like hashtag, hashtag, I can't think of a good one. <laughs> whatever the topic was. Yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. So you make a statement and then you say hashtag this or that and the other. And, um, you know, you start realizing, okay, so we speak a certain way on social media to get a laugh or to get, make impact or get someone to engage with us. Kids do it too. Adults do it. We do it. I do it as an influencer, whatever. And we're modeling how how to get a laugh or a rise or, you know, even protection or, you know, protecting your feelings, being defensive, covering up your real feelings, whatever. A sarcastic sarcasm has so many layers. And um, and I'm sure that this is what you're going to get to. I haven't really, you guys really, this is, I have never heard David's spiel on sarcasm. So I'm, so I'm super excited. But I can tell you that if you want to have a real, relationship with somebody you have to bail on the sarcasm for sure and and there's a time to joke and I think whatever but if but if you want to have a real trusted relationship you cannot be using sarcasm to guard your feelings or to cut them down or anything like that that's got to be something that has to be the first thing to go I would guess well let's start with um so obviously there's different versions of sarcasm. There's different ways to use sarcasm and sarcasm in and of itself is not bad. In fact, there's great things about sarcasm. I love sarcasm in the right place with the right group of people. Most people listening to this have had someone in their life make a joke at their expense and you thought to yourself, we're not that good of friends. <laughs> right? Like for you to be You're joking me to, like yeah. that. I don't joke with you like that. You're not allowed to take that shot at me. Or we've had people that we are good friends with, and they over-anticipated that we were in a good place at that moment and were asking for sarcasm. And that sarcasm came to us at a time where we didn't want to hear it, and we were hurt or offended by it, and we got mad at it. Maybe we tell them and say we didn't think that was funny. The sarcasm, I think, um, not that I think that I found that can be can be pretty problematic, um, starts early on in parents, the way they're parenting their small children. Um, I see a lot of parents, and by no means am I saying everybody does this. I think the point of this conversation is I want you guys to put yourself under your own looking glass and assess yourself to see, one, do I do this? Two, where is my intention coming from doing this? And three, is this a tool to teach my kids something better? Or did I just get treated this way by my parents? And for some reason, it flew underneath the radar that this is a problem. But secretly, this could be a very contentious thing that I'm teaching my kids how to do unknowingly. So let's start off with parents with young kids. It's easy to see your kids make failures, to see them make mistakes, act foolish. And it's easy for our brain to say, I can't be mean to them right now. I can't um, be super critical of them, but I am irritated. I am frustrated and I didn't like it. So I'm going to make fun of them and use sarcasm to shame them and to belittle them into teaching them a lesson. And so does it sound like this, like, my kids are monsters. 
or you okay little monsters or yeah. you, you know like that oh, yeah. kind of a thing that can it's like this seem- is my little brat he's such a cute but he's so he's so cute but he's such a little brat it's a good thing you're cute it's a good thing you're cute because you're not smarter you're not this and and it's a funny joke. I was listening to a podcast not too long ago, and this one guy on the podcast, he's a comedian, he said that him, his wife, and they have like three other couples that they all like to go on trips together. And he goes, I think the reason, the thing that bonds us most is that we are all horrible parents, and we love to joke and make fun of how horrible parents we are. And he started to give examples of how horrible parents are, and he used an example of him joking at his daughter's expense making fun of her. And he goes, that's the worst thing. A parent shouldn't say that. But the other parents laughed at his joke. So he got attention from other parents. They could relate. And so now they actually both, they actually felt very comfortable. We can make fun of our bad parenting. We can be sarcastic in a totally inappropriate way with our kids. But because we all kind of subscribe to the same type of humor and laughter, it's a joke. I wanted to call him up and say, hey, bro, like, l- let me share something with you. You're, you're a professional, sarcastic person, but man, a little girl doesn't need help with insecurities. She's going to have enough on her own. First time I ever noticed this when we talk about sarcasm, and the, now we're going to be talking about the, you know, the 50 shades of brown sarcasm, right? The negative part of sarcasm, okay. right? Okay. And how this can be very crappy to use sarcasm with your kids. A family member, I'm not going to say who this family member was, um, an extended family member. We're at their family's, like a Thanksgiving dinner. I showed up um, at the time I'm in college, um, I'm playing football, and I didn't really want to go to this family get together and gather uh, this gathering. And I went there anyways. And this guy has a daughter that is very big boned. She wasn't fat, just very big, thick thighs, thick calves, I mean, muscular, and just. She's a big girl, right? Naturally big. And I walked in the house and within 30 minutes of being there, he must've made four comments about how she's so big. She's never going to get a date. This girl's like 16 years old in high school. And it was a laughing, ha like joking, laughing. And she's like, oh, stop dad. And she like hit him on the arm. Stop, knock it off. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, yeah, you better, better get another helping, whatever, to feed all those big bones you have. And like, he's mocking and making fun of her and he grabbed her side and pinched her side. Well, let me tell you, this guy is fat. This guy is overweight. And the fact that he was using sarcasm and when he would walk away, his daughter did not think it was funny. I saw her throughout the night in front of the whole entire family slowly go off into the corner. And I remember I went up and I said something to her a couple of times like, it's funny that he's calling you overweight and fat. He's the one you know, we all need to go pinch his side. And then she smiled and looked at me and she was thankful for what I was saying. But that was the first time I noticed, I'm like, that was horribly passive aggressive. We'll come to find out. He would, did not like the way she dressed. He did not like the way the friend she had. And so since he had no power and control to get her to live the way he wanted her to live, oh, he took every shot he could at her to pick at her insecurities. I don't know. Well, I do know. I just don't want to get into the long depth of why human beings do this. I've talked about this before, Shade and Freud. For some reason, we enjoy feeling other people when we see other people hurting, but we specifically enjoy it. Because it makes when, us feel better about when ourselves. When we're hurting, we, yeah. if someone else is hurting, it's almost like you get to think about, yeah, look, that's what they get. That's what they deserve. Now, it's a lot more complex than that. But the point I'm making is that sarcasm with from parents to children 
can start at a very young age and you can laugh it off and say things like, I'm just joking. But we all know as adults, sometimes it doesn't feel like a joke and it's coming from a very backhanded way. It's coming at us in a way where it could be our good friends making fun of our insecurities. And one moment it's funny, but then it crosses a certain threshold where we're like, hey, Mm -hmm. that's something we talk about privately. Like now we're in front of other people. Like, come on, like that's enough. Like you don't need to be making fun of me anymore. But our little kids, they don't have that voice. They can't tell us, stop making fun of me. Because if they do, we can just say, I'm just joking. Only you as a parent We'll know if you're frustrated with the situation, you've had a bad day, you're disapproving of all these other things in your life or your child's life, and this is a way for you to make a crack at someone to relieve your stress and pressure. But I'm telling you, the danger of using sarcasm to joke with someone, and it's it's a shameful tactic to motivate someone to, to do something you want to do, or it's a passive aggressive tactic to take a shot at them for the resentment and anger you have at them for something that's totally unrelated to that particular scenario. When I have families come in and I meet with the whole entire family, I can pick up really quickly the families that are extraordinarily sarcastic. Then they tell me, my teenager is so rude to me. They say the most disrespectful things to me. Now on the outside, the parents, in, in this scenario I'm thinking in my mind, the parents on the outside are good people. They don't do drugs. They're not in jail. They're not doing these things. And so they're not openly aggressive towards their kid. But their sarcasm towards their children is so childlike and is so adolescent, it borders on bullying. Mm-hmm. This is the scenario that I have teenagers come talk to me that brings them to tears. When they open up and realize that this actually hurts their feelings and it's being dismissed when they bring it up, their only course of action and retaliation is to fire back. And when a parent has a teenager being sarcastic and being mean, parents forget really quickly that all their passive aggressive sarcasm ever existed and they only think at that moment of how painful, how can my teenager, after all the things I give them, how could they be so mean? How could they be so cruel? Because in their mind, they're thinking, I'm not cruel and mean to them like that. Oh no, but you've been dropping little breadcrumbs of sarcasm and shameful, passive aggressive comments to them their whole entire life. And it built up to a certain point that they said, all right, the gloves are off. I'm coming at you full swinging. Now, by no stretch of the imagination, do not take this so direct that I'm not saying Every teenager that's sarcastic or every kid that's sarcastic to their parents, it's because their parents started it first and deserved it. They could get it from TV shows like Heidi talked about. They can get it from their uh, peers. But as a parent, if we don't want sarcasm to be a shameful tool and a very disgruntled thing in our family that can separate and cause dissension in relationships in our family, then we better make sure that we're not the one using the sarcasm. So even if your kids are sarcastic back to you, I would definitely suggest you saying, hey, wow, that stung, that hurt. I tell you what, maybe I deserve that one. Maybe that's from the past. Maybe I've been mean to you in the past and you know, I've been mean and disrespectful and sarcastic to you. And, and if that's the case, I'm sorry. And I'll work on that. Um, I just want to let you know, I, I didn't like what you just said and kind of hurt my feelings or kind of makes me feel insecure about my job as a parent. So you know, I get it if you're mad at me, but please try to, you know, to not use, you know, kind of making fun of me as a way to get your point across. 
you know, let me let me throw another kind of little angle into here. Um, I was talking with a group of kids about this, and we were talking. We were actually talking about relationships, and one of the kids got a little defensive, and he's like, "Sarcasm is like mine and my brother's thing. Like, it's not a bad thing. It's it's what makes us us." And he's like, sometimes, I mean, a friend comes over and kind of gets caught in the crossfire and they can't really handle it and they take offense and they get upset. But, you know, for me and my brothers, it's okay to, for us to treat each other like this. Now, so they're used to the abuse. So it's, so it's the culture <laughs> yeah, it's of their culture. family. So, yeah. here, and by the way, again, we're talking about the sarcasm that starts to lean more towards just being cruel and mean. Right, right. So, but, but here's what I want to bring up. Every single one of us is humans. And and I want to talk about being sensitive for just a minute. And and this isn't being sensitive to others. I want to talk about your own individual sensitivity threshold. We're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. We're constantly wondering what people are thinking about us. We're constantly logging criticism but from like, other people. But like as a mom, if I sat down and kind of ranked my children on a sensitivity scale. I've got five children and it, you know, if that sensitive, sorry, if that sensitivity scale was from 100 down to one, my kids would be all over the board. Each one of them has a different, and it's like different sensitivities to different topics and different things that you can joke about them and then things that you can't joke about with them. And I think that we're all kind of in that category. Um, but if you have an individual in your family that maybe just has a little bit more tender of a heart than everybody else, and you go into this, you go into a family, a family situation where people are using sarcasm and they do think it's funny and it is a way that they're connecting and then you've got somebody that's that is a tender-hearted person does have a little bit more sensitivity and it's actually cutting inside there and and they're having to pretend like it doesn't bother them they're playing along they're like huh, you, you know yeah yeah good one and and really then they're going downstairs and into their retreating into their bedroom or whatever and it's like that actually really stung and and I can't I can't do that. That also exists in friend groups and in social circles and in families where you might not have any idea that what you said could cut somebody like like that. And um, that was one of the things that I've really learned about my family is that even though, and, and I mean, Right now I'm guilty as charged and, and I've had to really learn how to tone back. Um, you know, one of the things you said was that sarcasm can be a way of dealing with your shame. So, so let's say that as a mom, I do feel like maybe I'm not a good mom or I'm having some of that mom guilt, which is, okay, maybe all the laundry isn't done or there's not a healthy <laughs> balanced meal on the table or... Um, maybe my kid didn't get their homework turned in and, you know, and we're late and I forgot it was my day for carpool or whatever the myriad of things are. 
And I start, in order to protect my shame, I start making remarks about what's going on in my household or my kids' behavior or my, you know, whatever that is, it's really just my shame and I'm just not owning, okay, I'm, I'm not owning where I'm at. And so I'm trying to kind of dish it off in all these other places. You know, it's, it's definitely a way to make your kind of rub some balm on your, on your inadequacies in order to kind of dish it off into other places where it may or may not belong. And we just have to be careful that it doesn't land, you know, on a, on a 12 year old girl that that just isn't in a place where she can handle that type of, you know, when, when, when sarcasm comes out of frustration, comes out of like, you feel like you don't have any control over your kids. And so you just, all your anger and frustration comes out sideways. You start taking shots at them. Um, when that happens, it's, it's unnecessary sarcasm. It's, it's not necessary to say mean, hurtful things to someone that could take it very personal. Specifically, when sarcasm can be such a good thing, we don't want to teach people to be fearful of sarcasm. We don't want to teach people to hide behind sarcasm. It's one thing to be self-deprecating to break the ice, but if you know someone or if you've been that person, you know, when you're listening to this, as you're constantly using sarcasm to self-deprecate and to make fun of yourself, well, now that might be a coping mechanism for you to hide and mask all of your insecurities. But when we're using sarcasm towards our kids, they are not advanced at that. They don't know. They are going to take that more personal. They haven't joked around with friends their whole entire life, and they haven't learned to get a little bit thicker skin. But one thing that I've um, just in, you know, from what I see quite often is that I talk to people and I can always tell if a person is in a good place or in a bad place based upon their sarcastic criticism of their loved ones. Hmm. If and and I'll use I'll use some some dads, just generally speaking, a bunch of dads. When I have dads come in and talk to me, and they're just like, yeah, you know, my my kids are great, you know, except for you know my my daughter's still a B and my son's still this, and and they use pretty harsh terminology, and I'm sitting here thinking, going, wow, I wonder what you say to your kids when, when you know you know when I'm not around because I think they're toning it down in front of me, and then the dad started talking about his work and he's pissed off at this and. He can't tell his boss directly how he feels. He can't tell his wife directly how he feels. And so the only person he has dominion over are his kids. Mm-hmm. So the sarcasm starts to come out towards them in malice, content, anger. But then he can easily say, I'm just joking. Just kidding. Why are you being so sensitive? Don't take it so serious. So what I what I talk to these Don't dads take it so personally. What I talk to these dads, and I shouldn't say just dads because this can be with moms too. But what I talk to these parents about is when you're in a bad place, be really mindful and keep a good inventory of your sarcasm, because sometimes when we're sarcastic and we're just being funny, and someone gets hurt by it and takes it serious. It's a lot easier to apologize and say, "Oh my gosh, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to 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 hurt your feelings." But sometimes we defend it and we try and protect it, much like shame. So I'm thinking of a dad in particular makes fun of his son, 
picks on his son. He's unhappy with his life, his job, his marriage, and all these other things. And he picks on his son. Well, the son gets tired after a while and told him, dad, quit saying that to me. And then he says, don't be so sensitive. I'm just joking. And then I talked to the dad. I go, were you really joking? And he goes, well, yeah, I mean, I didn't mean what I said. I go, but it was mean what you said. And he goes, oh, that's it. That's a good one. He goes, it was mean, huh? I go, yeah. I go, so if you didn't mean it, you better quickly retract it and take it back and at least own up to you're having a bad day. Because to try to say, I was just joking, I was just joking, It's it just doesn't make sense. Why would you joke like that when someone's telling you, hey, that's not funny. I don't like that. Because that's what, in this situation, his son was telling him. So he tried to defend it. After we had this conversation and we talked about sarcasm, he told me about how his dad would always make fun of him, always make fun of his mom, super critical. And so he goes, I'm really critical and I make fun of everybody, but I just mask it as a joke. I go, well, if you didn't like the joke, why would your son like the joke? So what his, what his goal was, he goes, from now on, if I take a shot and I miss, like just trying to joke and I'm being sarcastic, thinking I'm funny, no one else thinks it's funny, I got to quickly apologize. If I'm actually being sarcastic and I do mean it in a mean way and my kids call me out on it, as much as I don't like it, it may take me 24 hours, 48 hours to come back. I need to come back and say, you know what? That was uncalled for. I didn't need to joke around with you like that. I could have just told you I need you to do your homework instead of saying, well, I guess someone's not going to college. I guess someone's going to be working at McDonald's for the rest of his life because that's how he, he talked. And as he started to do this, here's what his kids told me they changed their perception of their dad. They said, my dad went from the grumpy Grinch type of guy who was always negative and pessimistic to someone that we saw just was making mistakes and trying to get better. Mm -hmm. They started to give him the benefit of the doubt. They started to be less sarcastic with him because he was acknowledging that his sarcasm with them sometimes was not called for and he needed to work on that. Well, and don't you think it just becomes a habit? Well, that's what, like that's the that, problem. Yeah. People will tell themselves, I'm not being, I'm not being mean and I'm looking at them and they're saying all the things that they said. And then they quickly at some point realize, gosh, that was kind of mean though, but I didn't mean it. I go, well, you may not have meant it, but right. it was mean because it was the habit. They were so used to being angry, pessimistic and frustrated. They didn't realize that they were Danny Downer, Debbie Downer, or a right. guy or a, you know, a girl. They were bringing the police to every party. Every time someone was just trying to enjoy themselves, they had to say something stupid that was just a joke, and then nobody laughed at their joke. Now you got in trouble if you didn't think dad or mom's joke at your expense was funny. <laughs> well. Or you weren't tough enough to handle it. The, to, to me, like, as you're talking and as I'm, like, I can, my, I can feel my brain, like, kind of go, flipping through the, the card catalog of experiences and things that I've said or things that have been said to me or things things that I've experienced. And, and really when you're using sarcasm to connect or you're using sarcasm in any relationship, it's really because it's easier than being vulnerable, right? It's light. You know, it's not so be, heavy. Be, yeah. Because you don't have to maybe be real. You can just be joking. And I think to me, the opposite of sarcasm is sincerity, Right. But that sincerity requires a certain level of vulnerability to exist. And that's, you know, that's not everybody's personality, especially not just in a casual setting or right out the gate or, or whatever. Um, and so I think that there has to be practicing 
of how to get yourself from maybe a joking, sarcastic place to a sincere place and being able to play with both, use both those tactics um, in order to connect. Because if you are being sarcastic and if that is part of your personality and you're, that's how you feel comfortable, I don't think you, you would want anybody to like, all right, you're, you're a bad person for being sarcastic. You know, I want you to always be serious and always <laughs> be vulnerable. You know, that's not going to work either, right? Well, I, I guess why I'm really wanting to put light to this, besides the fact that I just I beat my head up against the wall because I just see this pattern in so many families. It's a very common thing that I don't think we really talk about a lot because, you know, for example, if we talk about pornography, most families go, oh, that's horrible. Like, that's not like, there's no wiggle room if it's good or bad. Okay, yeah, Or right. if we talk about, you know, addictions or depression, okay, that's obviously a struggle, that's bad. But when we talk about sarcasm... It's not really like, oh, well, that's not bad, right? You're just being a little sarcastic. Everybody can be, you know, a smart A every now and then and kind of joke around. But the reason why this one slips underneath the radar is because it is A, so common. It is a habit for a lot of people. It's passed on from generation to generation. I, I, I truly believe this is one of the parenting shame tools that get passed on from generation to generation. For sure. I don't have control, so let me go ahead and poke at other people's insecurities. But isn't it also... I should let you keep going. Sorry. Oh no! So, I was just gonna say, like, you for pornography, you say no. You, that's that's a no, and and we can't have a sliding scale on yeah. pornography. Where yeah. I think what you're saying on sarcasm is that there is a sliding scale. There is, there is definitely a sliding scale, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I like to bring this up to people solely because it's one thing that is totally unnecessary. You can easily remove, but you won't have to acknowledge that it's even happening. Even if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't do it that much. Well, pay close attention. Maybe your spouse does it. Maybe your, you, maybe your kid does it to your other kid. Most people, if I said, hey, do you think people are way meaner on social media when they don't look face-to-face than they are in person? What do you think most people would say? Social media. Okay. But how are we measuring that? Why is it meaner? Is it meaner because you don't really know that person and it's face-to-face or would it actually be meaner if you really know the person mm-hmm. and it is face-to-face and it's inside your home and they're looking at you, laughing and dismissing your struggle and telling you you're not strong enough if you take offense to something that was actually meant for you to take offense to. Right. That seems to me to be a much more complex and confusing message that kids hear at home it's a joke. I'm just joking. It hurts my feelings. There's no validation that I that I am hurt. I have to pretend that I'm not hurt. And then I'm more likely to do that to other people, aka my siblings, back to my parents. Some kids don't have the bravery to do it to their parents, and some kids don't care and they will say things. Now you give it you're if you're sarcastic to a teenager as an adult, you think you can be immature? Woo! Let that teenager go fine. You want to play by those rules? Like I said, take off the gloves. They can say some mean, horrible things. And then I have parents come to me saying, I'm the meanest teenagers. They said this to me. Well, what's worse? One big, major, hurtful, sarcastic thing your teenager says to you are small little shots your whole entire life that your parents are saying to you 
And they're the ones that are supposed to be making you feel better instead of making you feel worse. Now, it could be argued, well, you got to toughen your kids up. You got to make them resilient. The world's not going to take it easy on them. Well, let me tell you that philosophy and that psychology is wrong. There's plenty of ways for your kids to be tough and making fun of them in the safest environment, aka supposed to be the safe environment in their world is the opposite of making them tough. It's making them question themselves. If you're treated good by your parents and your family and they use sarcasm when it's appropriate, you can totally have your inside jokes, but they don't use sarcasm as a passive aggressive technique to shame you. Then when you go out in the rest of the world and someone else treats you like that, your brain's going to say, nope, that ain't right. That's not normal. So I'm going to stay away from this person. I'm not going to date a person that treats me like that. If you've been treated like that in your whole entire life, and then you date someone that treats you like that, you're going to try to make sense. Why are they doing this to me too? Let me stay longer with this person to try to figure them out to see if I can save them. You're more <laughs> likely to try to make sense of something because it's repeating itself. But if you know that's not normal and that's not right, whether it's friends or dating people you're dating, you're less likely, from my experience, to stay in those relationships because you have something to compare it to. You know that's not good to be talking trash at someone when they're down. You don't kick someone when they're having a bad day or criticize them when they're trying to make effort or make change in their life. So it actually is detrimental. It causes you to feel something as normal in life to be made fun of and to be teased when it's totally unnecessary. Mm -hmm. In fact, it has a, it's not a passive, oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, it has a very specific direction. It has an intention. It has an agenda. And that intention and that agenda, even if the person loves you at that moment is to make you feel bad, period. Mm -hmm. Well, and I've even seen it coming from a couple select teachers that my kids have come Oh, yeah. With. I mean, people that work with kids. Because they get, they're they sick of it, right? They're I sick mean, of it all the time. So they feel like, edge. hey, kids are rude to me. So I can't be rude to them as I'm winking at Heidi because I'll lose my job. Right. So they become very passive aggressive. And what better way to be passive aggressive than to have the out? I was just joking. Right. And if you can't handle a joke, how many times do we tell someone, come on, you can't handle a joke, or you hear someone say, you can't handle a joke, you can't take a joke, you're basically saying you're not tough and strong because you can't handle someone playing around. But that's the problem. They're not playing around. They're <laughs> right. just pretending to be playing around. Right. And, th and then that becomes very confusing because I have a couple kids, a couple incidences where my kids did do some firing back at the teachers because don't worry, they've... <laughs> They've been modeled. <laughs> it's been modeled. Oh, uh, anyway, fired back at the teachers a sarcastic comment, and then gotten in big trouble, and felt like that wasn't fair because they were rude to me. They were sarcastic to me. I get to be sarcastic. I got back, the green light. You know, and a teacher, administrator, that coach that's in that role. They think that because they are a teacher, administrator, coach, nobody gets to fire back at them because they have the authority. Maybe a parent thinks that too. And these are obviously not everybody, but the people who fall into that category that work with teenagers and kids, it it's not like it happens once every year. I mean, this is a very common thing. Even some of the best teachers. What if you got a teacher that last year was a great teacher and you got word that they're a great teacher, so you want to sign up, and this year they're going through a divorce. 
And they're not as good as a person because they're hurting inside and then sarcasm can ensue. So a lot of times when adults are working with teenagers, I'm glad you brought up the teacher thing because even good human beings that have the best intentions to love, care, provide, and protect for the youth in their life can fall victim to this. And if you do catch yourself doing this, do everyone a favor and you own up to it sooner than later. And instead of saying, I'm sorry, say, I'm sorry, I apologize for what you specifically said or did and give a plan of what you're going to work on to do differently. Don't just say, I'm sorry. And then the next time it happens, sorry again. Don't keep on just apologizing for being sarcastic. Say, I'm being sarcastic. And when I was sarcastic, that was mean and hurtful. I shouldn't do that. And I give you permission to, if I do that again, don't be sarcastic back at me because that would just, you know, two, you know, two negatives don't make a positive. Instead, just pull me aside or just let me know that that kind of hurts your feelings. And man, it's going to help me out because I got a bad habit. You could say, you know, my parents were like that to me, whatever it may be, but it doesn't excuse my behavior. So ask the person to help you with it because otherwise, if you don't ask them to help you with it and if you don't acknowledge that you're doing it, they're most likely going to model what you're doing to them. Well, and I like what you said earlier. In the very beginning, you said, look, you may feel triggered. This 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 might be something that's hitting a little bit close to home. And rather than feeling defensive about it, which I think is easy to do, you said something. You said, okay, ask yourself, do I do this? Is this part of the culture in our home? Um, number two, why am I doing this? You said, What's going on in my life that I would talk to my kid who already has insecurities in a mean way that they don't, I wouldn't want their friends or teachers to talk to them like that. So why am I talking to them like that? And, you know, the other thing you asked is kind of, is this how my parents treated me and how did that make me feel? Kind of trying to go the empathy way of of trying to understand yourself and, and what's going on. And I want to add another, I want to add another question that you could, that we could ask ourselves, which is. When, what are the circumstances that put me in the place where this is how I respond and behave? Is it when I'm tired? Is it when I'm hungry? Is it when I feel I'm a failure or I screwed up at something? You know, is it in big family environments? Is it when we're trying to have a family picture? You know, is it when there's stress? Is it when financial stress? You know, what are the things I think that, that if we ask ourselves kind of what is pushing me to this place, you know? You know, I, as you're talking, I just realized something that I should share. I'm a huge smart ass. Really? <laughs> what? I didn't know. It was no, you're get not. That. <laughs> you're using sarcasm to hurt me now? <laughs> Our producer and Heidi just both went like, really? Okay, so no. let me tell you this. Well, now, I, every- I just want to refer everybody back to the podcast where you said, you know, that you would talk smack, that you're a smack talker. <laughs> oh, my, all my friends wanted to punch me at some point in our relationship, guaranteed. We could have a whole text line about like stories. Like, I remember the first time I wanted to punch Dave was we are in eighth grade or probably within the first week they met me. Um, but what I want to say is that I didn't think about this till right now. So think about this. I talk to, and I jokingly say this, but I actually think this is a true statistic. I talk to more teenagers every week than I do adults. And I run these support groups I've talked about. Imagine 25 teenagers, you know, 
sometimes they'll get off topic. Sometimes they won't be obedient. Sometimes they're just kind of, we call it our squirrel moments. Like everybody, 25 teams <laughs> together, everybody's got some level of ADHD on the spectrum, like bouncing off the walls. They say ridiculous, just kind of idiotic things sometimes that teenagers say. There is not a day where I don't have multiple thoughts of me saying, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> like, oh, you think that's going to help? I have so many sarcastic thoughts going through my mind, but I don't say them. And the reason why I don't say them is because I have to stop and realize they're looking at me as a credible resource of both safety, comfort, trust. Some of these kids have told me the deepest secrets they've ever told anyone their whole entire life. And I have to remind myself, even in the slightest bit, I have to be so careful uh. because if I'm sarcastic with them and I think it's funny and they don't think it's funny, I don't think anyone except for maybe their parents, they would be more hurt by if I took shots at them. Yeah. We talk about on this podcast, in our parenting workshops, you have no idea the influence you have over your kids. Well, this is another prime example. Having someone criticize you hurts, but having your caring support person criticize you, the that doesn't that hurt. The person that's supposed to love you the very, very much. That doesn't even hurt. That causes you to question your existence at times. Cause It can cause you to question your existence and can cause you to question the simplest decisions you're having to make. And by the way, this isn't just with parents and kids. If you're a parent listening to this, think, do you do this to your spouse? Do you try to use sarcasm, aka shaming, passive aggressively against your spouse as a way to let them know that you're unsatisfied or to motivate them to do something? Because I tell you, it never works for anyone. You can shame someone by using sarcasm to get them to do something once or twice, but after a while, now they're doing things for you out of resentment and they're just waiting for the moment to take a shot at you. So I thought about this with all the teenagers I work for with. I actually have more practice than everybody listening to this. I have thoughts coming to my mind. I want to say, what the hell? Oh my gosh. And I can't say it. Not because I can't say it. I could easily say it out loud. But because the, the risk I'm taking is far too dangerous to their self-confidence, their self-esteem. If the world is so critical, do you have to criticize your kid to prepare them for the world? Or you should give them more helpful criticism and present it in a way that's actually not critical it's just acknowledging certain things, giving them the chance to figure out, you know, how they can work on it better, giving them a plan. Like I said, you can apologize, but are you actually giving them a solution after you apologize or are you just apologizing and then repeating your actions over and over again? So here, let me share an example that something like this, let's say that you have a kid that has bad breath, which is a super normal situation. Like everybody has bad breath. There's, you got the one way that is, We got a 911, you know, like make a huge deal or make some big joke about the bad breath. Yeah, I'm going to call you Bruce Lee because your <laughs> breath is kicking. <laughs> See, that's good. See, that's he's got some good ones, right? Too many. Or do you say, hey, not in front of everybody, just let you know, you might want to go brush your teeth. You're, yeah, you're killing, you're killing me with the breath. You know, just like kind of low, really honest, and don't have to make a big joke to, to embarrass them, you know, about it. And, and I think like, that's a little thing. This is our bad breath and everybody has bad breath, 
but those are the kinds of things that that I think that we're kind of talking about that can really put um, a stint in the growth of your relationship. At a young, could be at, even at a, at a young age. Well, how do you expect adolescents to see you as an adult when you're acting like an adolescent? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I want you to be mature. I want you to grow up, but I'm going to talk trash to you to motivate you to grow up. Yeah. But it just, it doesn't work. And for all you parents out there that have kids that just kind of laugh and joke around and you say, well, our families, we're just sarcastic. And that's how we are. Really? So why don't you go ask your kids if that's what they would prefer or if that's what they've just had to get used to to survive in your family. Yeah, which, which is a real thing then. You Most know, people like to joke around, but not at the expense of their own insecurities and to be put out in public um, to be made fun of. That's not a joke. Now, granted, close friends, we make fun of each other, but all close friends, they, they cross the line too many times. And, you know, with your close friends, they cross the line too many signs. You, if they cross the lines too many times and make f- jokes at you that you don't feel comfortable with, it can ruin friendships. It can create more resentment. It can cause you to be angry and, you know, sarcastic back at them. And I find usually the people who talk the most trash, meaning sarcasm in the shameful, passive-aggressive way, are horrible at taking sarcasm and criticism themselves. Yeah, that's usually true. They are the people that it is their greatest offense because they have had that happen to them or they're so sensitive. Well, because they're protecting something. Oh, they're so sensitive. They're like, if I attack someone, and by the way, it's usually not a thought out plan. Like, Siri, remind me to attack everybody in my life to protect my insecurities. (laughs) That's the problem. If we thought it out, we probably wouldn't go through with it. It's not thought out though. It's a bad plan. And I say this a lot, but sometimes you take a shot and you miss. So if you are actually just trying to be funny, you don't have bad intentions from it, and someone takes it wrong, well, then you should ask yourself, maybe my intentions are not coming across as being funny. It's usually the timing that's wrong. The relationship is not secure enough where you're joking with your kid when you guys were in an argument the night before and you're like, oh, I'm just joking. But you're, it just, it's not a good time to joke with your kid. So be mindful, be careful, but at the same time, be funny, but not at the expense of teaching them a lesson that using comedy and using sarcasm to mask your anger and frustrations and to shame them. Yeah. You you know, when in the very beginning of um, today's episode, when you were talking about um, the woman who shared her her feelings at at our live um community event last last week um when she kind of got done sharing and uh I kind of had my my opportunity to kind of say my final parting words um my message to her and to all the parents and to all of you is that you will never regret being nice and being kind and 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 in her words being a little bit fluffy being a soft place to land you're never and and what we brought up is you know if if anything happens err on the side of the relationship and the you know when you when you do land you know you do throw a punch that doesn't land right or you do say something that stings more than it more than it's fun 
there's regret there. There can be, and, and there's something that has to be cleaned up and fixed and, and repaired. You will never regret being careful. You will never regret being forgiving and, and being open and, and being loving and being kind. And, and I think that that I really appreciate you tonight just shutting down that notion that we have to be tough in order to make our kids tough. And you don't have to defend when you made a mistake being sarcastic in a bad way. Just quickly own up to it. There's no need to defend it. If you made a mistake, if you missed, my bad. Just, just shut it down really quickly. Because if you try to defend something that really doesn't like hold water, your argument is really poor. Yeah. You're going to look like you're a hypocrite. So, you know, quickly own up to it or own up to the fact that if you were inappropriately sarcastic, that that was not your intention and you're going to work on that. And we have to remember too, that our kids, no matter what their age is, they're watching us in our interactions with our spouse, oh, obviously with them, but then they're watching us when we're talking to the lady at the grocery store, they're locking, watching us in our relationships with our friends and with our siblings. Are we socialized? They are yeah. learning. And, you know, the scariest thing is when your kid says something that you said and you're like, don't ever repeat that again. You know, because, because we, we don't want, we want them mimicking the wonderful things we do and not necessarily the, the things that we're not proud of. So. And just a little confession, everyone else here, I've said, a lot of, you know, sarcastic things at, at the moment. Cause I, I take a lot of risk because I have to use sarcasm to break up the intense yeah, monotony sure. of conversations. And that's just part of my style of counseling and, and coaching and talking to people. And every now and then I'll say something and it gets misinterpreted or I didn't get to finish what I was saying and someone gets offended and I'll go, Oh, okay. Time out. I, I did it with Heidi not too long ago. She was having a rough day, and I remember I was trying to make a point, and I said, well, it's your own damn fault. And she looked at me and was like, oh, wait, that's not the way I meant it like that. And she, and she like, Actually, gave me that I look. I remember that. You remember that one? I remember and that. I, I was, I mean, text message, like, I am so sorry. <laughs> that was a joke. It missed. I was trying to. And I think that. And instead of trying to explain too much, I just went, point is, I screwed up. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I think that it was a situation where I was like, well, I know it's my fault, but I don't need you, <laughs> you to need tell it. me it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, insert foot. But the only thing I could do at that moment, I had to quickly put the brakes on and say, I'm sorry. And when you do that, you actually gain more trust you in a do. relationship with yeah. someone. People don't need perfect people. They need people who have definite understanding of their own flaws and their own errors, are willing to put it out there, acknowledge their flaws and faults to model for other people that you're allowed to make mistakes. I'm allowed to make mistakes, but we're not going to do it as a bad habit and then just and then just list it, it as this listed as oh I was just joking. Right. Right. You can't take a joke. Quit being so sensitive. <laughs> Which wow. is exactly what I told Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I mean we've talked about a lot of things and I really appreciate I appreciate you bringing up this subject because I do think that particularly for teenagers, this is where they're they're gaining their voice and they're getting they're as as you like to say, they're always kind of touching to see if it's hot. They're mm -hmm. what what do you what do you call that? The 
I can't remember how you I say it. so many things, honey. I anyway, can't remember. <laughs> anyway, this is kind of the time. Teenage life is the time that you're trying out all these, the things that you've learned, the things that you've seen, what you're picking up at school. And um, I think that as parents, we can always work on modeling the the highest, most safe and loving and um, authentic relationship that we that we can, and and there's not a place for cutting sarcasm in there, and so it's an it's an important topic. And if you're a parent listening to this saying, well, this isn't fair. My parents never did this for me. Well, add that to the list of things that you have to do for your kids to nerf their life that no one ever did for you because at the end of the day, it's so worth it. Yeah. It's so Absolutely. worth it. Think about it, moms and dads out there. You, It's you against the world when it comes to influencing your kids. If the ki- If your kids are getting harsh criticism from social media – and they're getting a soft place to land where you guys are joking, but not crossing that boundary of making it hurtful or, or you know, shameful. Well, then your kids get to have something to compare it to. They say, I can be joking around, but I don't have to be mean. And then the stuff they see on social media, they can look at it and go, yeah, that's really unnecessary for those kids to be talking to each other like that. We don't talk like that at our house. We joke around. We like to have fun, but not at the expense of someone else's, you know, belief in themselves or courage or self-confidence. It's just not worth it. And I think sometimes this might require an actual open conversation. Like there's two different kinds of sarcasm or, you know, there's a sliding scale of sarcasm and, and let's draw our line right here. If you're some of our listeners that do the highs and lows and the, I don't knows at your house, go first. If you're a parent that you listen to this, go, wow, I think I do this a lot. Well, do a high and low with your kids. Say it. My high is that I realize I've been doing something that I shouldn't be doing that I need to work on. And the low is that it's making fun of you when I'm frustrated as a passive aggressive way to take shots at you when in reality, I just need to get my stuff figured out and sorted out and not take it out on you so that you can deal with your own insecurities without me adding to them. Yeah. That's a, that's a great place to start that conversation for sure. All right. Well, where can they find us, Heidi, if they liked this episode and actually still want to continue to listen to us? <laughs> We've got quite a few episodes um, that you can listen to starting from the beginning if you've been listening all along. Um, thanks for sticking around, you guys. We appreciate it. We appreciate your feedback. We appreciate you sharing this information and passing it on to your friends and your coworkers in your own conversations we hear a lot of that and we love it so and we got two events coming up tom remind oh yeah, about we that we do um in fact we're starting a new thing and 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 well both these are just are for locals at this point um here in salt lake city and you know i we should just put this right out here um a lot we we get a lot of people who are are wanting to come and see David as a counselor and David is not accepting new clients. Um, I wish that we could clone him and I wish we somehow well, make I mean, it easier. The, the reality of it is, is I can only see so many clients in a day and that's just not a lot of hours. So it's, it's just a numbers thing. There's just not a lot of time to see people. So what we wanted, what we discussed doing is having an evening. It's called Dinner with David. And if you check out our Instagram, which is just at Light the Fight. Um, or go even, to our website. Yeah, go go lightthefight.com. Um, 
If you want to come, you actually buy a ticket. It includes dinner. And you get to ask David any question you want. Um, and he'll respond. Just make sure they're relationship and family orientated because oh, yeah. I no, can't help no you with financial any questions financial things, manly no, things. No jujitsu no jujitsu questions. I'm not ready. I, I've been doing jujitsu a long time, but apparently I'm doing it wrong. Heidi's making fun of me because I almost broke my neck the other day. I'm like in here, I can't even turn my head. What Wait. happened to you this time? I got hurt at jujitsu again. I'm, I'm, I made a glass, so. So, um, so anyway, that the first one we're doing is actually next week on October 25th. We're going to try to do them regularly, and you'll be notified of the address and, and where it's being held. And what your food options are. We just didn't want to say the address of the location that people randomly show up because it's just going to be a small, intimate group of people because I can't, can't have too many people there and me answer everyone's questions. So you get the, the, the food. Uh, drink, a side, and tip all included. And uh, and we'll just put it out there for an individual person uh, to ask questions and to sit down and hang out. It's a very intimate environment. It's $50 a person. Or if uh, you and a partner or a friend or your spouse want to come, it turns into $40 a person, $80 total. So it's a great deal, great food. Heidi's eating there. Food's amazing. It really is good. And, um, and it's local. So that's something you can do right now. And we'll be doing it every month. And if nobody shows up, it won't be dinner with David. It'll just be David eating dinner. <laughs> which is, you know, which is good. Cause that's you got to eat too. Dinner. My friend owns a place. I you can talk with them. So it's a win-win for me. It's a good excuse for me to go out and have my favorite hamburger <laughs> in town. They got an amazing hamburger there. So on November 2nd and 3rd, we are offering our parenting course or or actually it's how to um optimize your influence as a parent this is not a parenting class it's learning how to have impactful influence over your your kid your child and um it's a two day it's actually a day and a half um course complete with a really nice workbook that I designed. I'm really proud of the workshop, the workbook. <laughs> um, we anyway. don't know if the content in the workbook is good. Is yeah, the workbook but itself? But it looks good. But at least it looks good. That's right. What was that old uh, Saturday Night Lights kids? Better to look good than to feel good, my darling. <laughs> right. What you know? I'll take it. I'll take presentation is everything. Anyway, yeah. that's November second and third. You can check that out on our website. And you again, know, a discount for if you buy two tickets. Yeah. And if you're if you're listening to this and it's already passed, please go to our website because we will there or our Instagram, that's where we'll have the posted the next events that we have coming up. Um we have a couple community events that we'll be announcing um very soon. So stay tuned to that. So you can follow along on Instagram, on Facebook at like the fight, like the fight.com. Please, if you would love to send us um an email, a direct message, letting us know what your wins. We accept hearing what a what a great job you're doing. We love that. And also, if you have a question for David, and if you would like him to weigh in on something that's going on with you, we um, we would love you to slide into the DMs and um, let us know what's going on, and we will try to respond um, on via our DM section of the podcast. So I think with that, that's pretty much everything. Um, we really appreciate you listening, and we appreciate you acknowledging the areas in your relationships that you want to make better and 
um, taking on these weekly kind of challenges and trying to be more conscious of what's going on and modeling a better behavior for those around you. And if you listen to our podcast, you're definitely highly motivated to make changes because if not, <laughs> you're going to feel really bad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Everyone out there, we know you're doing everything in your power to better your relationships and your family and your life. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And we hope to see you at some of our upcoming events. All right. Thanks for helping us light the fight.